we go. Welcome to another episode of Monday Funday Podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed Al-Qadri, and if you can speak Arabic, Ahmed Al-Qadri. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back. It's been how long? Four months since I last posted my last... Let me check. My last episode was September 13th. It's been a while since I last saw your face, and it's been a while... Man, my voice keeps crapping, cracking, crapping too. Um, yeah, it's been a while. I, I, the reason why I took a break because, uh, as y'all know from the previous episodes, if you were watching my fellow breadcrumbs, there were video, but I wanted to bring back the podcast, but I don't want to deal with the pain and suffering of producing a full freaking show with video. It's expensive and it's very time consuming. And, uh, quite frustrating but i want to bring back the podcast because i need to connect with everybody and i've gotten so much out of it when i was doing it for six months last year and now it is time to bring it back it was part of my uh 2023 goals that we'll get back to in a little bit however let me catch up to you guys what i've been doing since september 13th i uh did a couple corporate gigs in austin that was cool uh, stand-up has been picking up corporate gigs, road gigs. I did DC in November, sold out for the first time. Before that, in October, I uh, did Detroit, Michigan. Shout out to all the Yemenis that pulled up. That was a surreal moment because Detroit, Michigan, or aka Dearborn, Michigan, is the largest population of Yemenis, and that's where a lot of my fans or my Yemeni fans are. So when I went to Detroit to perform, I was nervous. I was hoping they were going to like all the Yemeni jokes and Muslim jokes that I have. And uh, they went great. If anything, those were their favorite jokes. I'm still getting better at, uh, you know, ignoring the fact that some Muslims just don't understand comedy. And it's not just a Muslim thing. It's just a people thing. People, some people just don't understand sarcasm or comedy, you know. They just, they think they just take everything you say at face value, and they were like, "This is exactly what this person meant," but they don't understand comedy because they didn't grow up with funny. You know, you can, it's hard to explain funny. It's hard to explain to a person how to be funny. Funny is funny. I grew up in a funny household. My dad was funny. My mom was funny. My brothers were funny, and I was funny. We all did a little from sarcasm humor to absurd humor. <laughs> to observational humor, to roasting, to everything. We loved it. Comedy is comedy. It's what keeps the world uh, going around because cause if anything, the world's on fire. There's a lot of shit happening. So comedy is the best way to uh, relieve the pain and stress from all this bullcrap. Uh, pardon my French. But anyways, um, yeah, so I did Detroit, Michigan, and then I did, uh, uh, then I filmed for two weeks in Austin, uh, a web series called David Diamond Hands that, that's currently in post-production. I'm super excited for everyone to uh, watch it and tune in once it's out. It's, uh, it's like, uh, it's like my, the biggest project I've ever done acting-wise. Uh, it was a pretty decent budget film. Or not film, sorry, web series. But it could be a film if you think about it. But we broke it down to like 12 episodes. The, the, in the beginning, it was supposed to be 10, but we have so much footage. It's probably going to be like 12 episodes. But yeah, I even hired an acting coach before uh, 
before we started shooting in October. Actually, I, uh, what did I do? <laughs> Basically, the role that I play is Liam. I play uh, the main character's best friend. Uh, the plot of the story is that this kid, uh, he messes up his laptop, and then he finds an old laptop, and then he sees a crypto wallet in that laptop, and he discovers that he has like 100 bitcoins in there. And lo and behold, that's worth more than like $10 million. However, he can't remember the passwords of the, uh, of the uh, laptop or of the crypto wallet. So basically, Liam, me, his best friend, were like, whoa, we got to find the seed phrase. That's the random generated words to back up the password in case you forget it. And then the rest of the series is just us trying to find, you know, this certain person who has it's fun. It's funny. Uh, the, the director gave us a lot of room for me and the other actors to improvise. We took a lot of takes. I memorized my lines. I did a pretty good job. I think I did a pretty good job. I mean, that was like my main uh, worry when we started record uh, when we started shooting. Every time he yelled cut, I would take a deep breath, <laughs> look at the other actors. I'm like, was that good? Did I do a good job? And they were like, yeah, dude, you killed it. You're great. And I'm like, okay. And we did have fun shooting. It was an interesting project. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure like for anyone listening uh, or people who are just very involved with the industry, there was always some drama on set, just like the, sh- like the movie Don't Worry Darling. We had a little bit of drama, not too much. And it wasn't even me. It was between like, I don't know, it's none of my business to say, but it was, it was mi- very minor. It was like a little couple hours thing because it's hard to be on set and there isn't any issues or drama. There's always something. I mean, I have a couple friends out there who are PAs, uh, pr- production assistants. And they're like the bottom rug of all these movies and TV show productions. They're the ones that do all the bitch work. And it sucks because they do a lot of work. And they're, it's, it's an unthankful job. It's a think, sorry, it's a thankless job. It's, they do all this stuff for the directors, producers, and everything. And um, yeah, like uh, I have friends who were PAs for years, who still are PAs for now. And they would tell me stories about certain actors and actresses who would treat them like dirt. And when I hear these stories, I get so upset because I'm like, dude, aren't you, to these actors, aren't you grateful for what you have? I I hope so. I promise myself. And I want everyone who is listening to the breadcrumbs, the breadcrumbs who are listening right now, because I know you guys are like my diehard fans, and I'm pretty sure I respond to everyone's DMs, but... Um, keep me in check. If I ever make it, if I ever become like so uh, famous and rich that I'm like, I need security, I can't go out in public or whatever, keep me in check, please. I'm very happy that no matter how much success I've been getting, every time I go back home in Dallas, my friends and family always keep me grounded, always keep me in check. Um, not in a negative way, in a, in a way where they just remind me of where I come from. You know, I come in, we talk about my career, which is cool. And then Abdurrahman Hamza, my brother, like, all right, let's go to the masjid. We got to pray, you know. And then I'm praying with them in the masjid, the same masjid I pretty much grew up in, IANT, Richardson Masjid, shout out. The masjid that my dad was a board member of, my dad, the masjid that my dad worked hard on, uh, you know, building before he died, Allah may he rest in peace. But 
every time I go to that masjid, I, I think, oh, yeah, this is, I'm a Muslim. Like, I need to, and I go back home and I start praying more. I need to pray more. It's a struggle. I am what you call a struggling Muslim, as well as a struggling comedian. But what is struggling comedian? I am happy. I pay my bills. Uh, you know, rent is paid. I have some money in my savings. I'm touring. That's cool. I'm happy. But anyways, what I'm saying is, if I ever become so rich and famous, I, I hope, inshallah, I don't get too cocky where I'm like treating PAs like shit. I would never want to do that. Oh my God, that's horrible. These are, pe these are young people who are trying to get into the industry. You know, and people remember, especially in the comedy world too. I, I, I remember every comedian that treated me like shit when I was when I first moved here, like I was nothing. But then, alhamdulillah, when I started getting a following and I started, how do you say, it, leveling up as a comic, um, that's when, uh, that's when like uh those certain comedians were like treating me different like as if like uh like i'm i mean something because maybe maybe i could get them something i could give them an opportunity and it's not like that you know um but i was going on i'm gonna finish this tangent and i'm gonna go back to what i was talking about uh the david diamond hands but like i remember uh um uh, a friend asked me and another friend uh, me, uh, it was me and my friend chase o'donnell Who's, back, uh, who's my co-star, who's a co-star in David Diamond Hands, even though we don't have any scenes together. But uh, we, me, her, and the star, uh, Ian, we all had to stay in an Airbnb together because that's, uh, you know, that's what the productions, that's what they put us in. It was really cool. I got a free vacation in Austin. Like the days I was shooting like 14-hour days, uh, but then the times I wasn't shooting, the days I had off, I was doing stand-up. So that was like the moment in October where I was like, damn, I'm like, I'm leveling up. Like, this is the life I want. If I could keep that consistent, you know, shooting cool projects and content as well as doing stand-up. I think that's, that's a pretty good life that I want. But anyways, uh, someone asked like me and Chase, they're like, oh, you, like, how do you guys network? How, like, how do you network? He wasn't a comedian. He was just an actor, like a guy who wants to get in to the acting scene and he was talking about networking and he was like I go to networking events I'm like and me and Chase were like no 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 don't do networking events like the term networking it's such a it can be a negative connotation and I get it because especially in LA and there's a, a lot in, in New York too but like in, especially in LA because the type of the city it draws a lot of these type of people where they, they move into they move to LA and all they can think is who do I have to meet uh, to get me, uh, to get me further in my career rather than I need to be a good comedian. I need to be a good actor. I need to focus on my work. They just focus on the people they need to connect to, to get them further in their career. And it's never like, it's not like that. It's never like that. I, I, the people who I've met in my life, who's given me opportunities, it wasn't because I was needed to meet them so they could further. No, they were just my friends. I just genuinely liked I'm an extrovert. I'm such an extrovert. I'm so extrovert. I, I go to parties alone, and I'm excited because I'm like, oh, I'm going to meet some new friends. I love it. <laughs> I'm so extrovert that I make other extroverts uncomfortable. <laughs> Never had that. Anyways, um, 
I'm going on a bunch of tangents here. But anyways, uh, yeah, like we were talking to the guy and I was like, dude, don't worry about who do I need to meet or whoever. Just focus on your work. Just focus on going to acting classes and being a better actor. Just focusing on writing your own content or writing your own art, your own projects, filming yourself doing that because that's your voice. Put your own voice out there and then people will be attracted to you. Work hard and be kind. Show, and also when you're when you're hired on projects, when you're booked on shows, show up on time and be nice to everybody. It's really who's calling me? Uh, not now, Monty Gear. I'm gonna just tell him. Uh, can I call you later? I'm recording. I'm recording a podcast, and this will stay on the pod. People need to know Monty Gear is messing up. And I'm going to send him this episode, too. I'm like, look what you're doing. You're interrupting my podcast, my art. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of Monty, me and Monty did, uh, we did Seattle together a couple weeks ago. That was fun. It was lots of fun. I, oh, gosh, Seattle was great. Fun city, fun crowd, comedy fans. Oh, more ye- shout out to the Yemeni people that drove from Tacoma to come see me. Apparently, there's a huge Yemeni scene or Yemeni, Yemeni scene. <laughs> Yemeni scene. So, yeah, bro, we're all figuring out who's going to be the best Yemeni over there. No, uh, there's a big Yemeni community in Tacoma, and a lot of them drove from Tacoma to Seattle to come see me, which was such an honor. It makes me really happy because I'm I'm always like nervous if I'm like, do the do Yemenis like me or not like me? And if you were a Yemeni person listening to this episode, fucking message me. Let me know what you think. Because what I've noticed, it's like my biggest fans, Yemenis. My worst fans, Yemenis. <laughs> well, usually Yemeni men. No, some Yemeni women too. Pretty much like the ones who are like not, what's the best way to say it? Who aren't as like, who are like so embedded in the culture and religion they're not used to watching stand-up comedy they're not used to watching american comedy and i'll admit i'm pretty americanized i mean based on my voice you could tell like yeah i grew i grew up in america so i don't understand where you're like you're like why are you making jokes about this i i am imagining this is their accent but then again new york I've had a lot of people coming up to me asking me for pictures, and there, uh, there's one Yemen, an older Yemeni gentleman in his like thirties, late thirties, maybe forties, probably older. You could tell he had a wife and kids. He was just like, uh, he was like, I love what you're doing. He was like, you're not like every other Yemeni that you see on the street. And I was like, oh, cool, thanks, it means a lot. Um, anyways, uh, David Diamond Hands, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> Be a good network. Uh, there is no networking. Just be a good person, and people will like you. I, I, the opportunities that I got from my friends, it's they didn't, they didn't book me because like they could get something or or vice versa. It's just because we're friends. We're good friends, um, and I'm funny. I mean, obviously, I put in the work. I'm I'm out here on a Wednesday recording my pod for my favorite little breadcrumbs. Um, my breadcrumbs and breadheads. Uh, I think, do I have an email? Let me double check. I do have a, oh yeah, I, I released the episode September 13th, but I did get one email. 
uh, question. Um, again, the theme of this podcast, and I know I'm saying this like 16, 15 minutes in, but the theme of this podcast is what's a great piece of advice you were given? Who told it to you? And where were you in your life when you were given that piece of advice? Um, and I'll, let me share that and then I'll go to the email. So, so a good piece of advice I was given uh, was uh, for Christmas, my uh, one of my my ma- my boss or manager. Uh, as y'all know, I have two side gigs. I teach improv at rehab centers, and I love that. It's so fulfilling to me. Uh, it could be a lot, but I'm learning how to, you know, it it, it teaches me patience. It teaches me how to communicate well. How to communicate at not communicate on my level with people is how to go to the level of the person I'm trying to communicate to Um, because I'm dealing with people who are from different rehab facilities from you know veterans to uh, people who are in detox from like low-income areas from all the way to teenagers uh, you know all sorts and it's I'm learning from different types of people and I and it's nice to being able uh, to know that I can make them all laugh through improv and teaching. But and it's nice because uh, I, I I don't really talk about this. But my older brother is an addict, um, so it's nice to uh, know that I'm part of their recovery because we try to, you know, try to help my older brother's recovery. But he's now in Yemen. I think he's recovered. We'll see. My mom is right now in Yemen with along with my little brother they're uh right now helping um uh, checking almost up on Muhammad he graduated from high school so he's taking a gap year so he's just chilling over there in Yemen he wants to learn how to speak Arabic well and he wants to you know learn the language and the culture and everything and I need to do that too what if I go to Yemen for like a couple of weeks just to visit family and stuff and I come back I'm like hello everybody how are you <laughs> Is this, why are you not covered? It's like, sir, this is a Starbucks. Put on your hijab, you whore. Like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> Ahmed, it is Ahmed. You don't call me Hades Ahmed. <laughs> Adel gay. Are you gay? <laughs> All right. Anyways, um, no, but um, I do that and I also uh, give bike tour. I'm a tour guide. I give bike tours around LA. I love that job. Um, so they're just two little side hustles, very flexible hours, you know, like I'm going to be gone for three weeks in Istanbul and I, you know, they're just like, fine. It's like, it's so chill. I, it, it blows my mind. Cause I went from this hardcore accounting corporate nine to five job since, since I was like, what, 21. So the, for the past eight, nine years, uh, yeah, eight years. I was just an accountant. I had to request PTO. And then they'd be like, well, it's the end of the month, so I don't know if you are allowed to take off and shit like that. But now I just do tour guide, teaching improv, fulfilling jobs that's more suitable for my personality as an extrovert. Oh, my God. Why did I choose accounting? But it's fine. I, I, maybe the stability was nice. But, yeah. So now I have, like, two flexible jobs. I I, the bike touring go- job is great. Not only I get a workout while I'm working, I make people laugh and I earn great tips. And I get some fans along the way. It's awesome. Anyways, what's a good piece of advice you were given? Um, the one, the the one for the day that I would like to share, uh, 
It's from a book that my imp- uh, that my manager from the Improv Give gave me for Christmas. It's called The Four Agreements. And there is one part that really stuck out to me. Um, I'll read it out to you guys. It's, uh, don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Oh, let me say this last part again because it's so powerful. You won't be the victim of needless suffering. I read this Christmas or like or during the holidays. Fucking, oh my God, I needed to hear that. It's so powerful because you can't get everybody to like you, Ahmed. Especially it's hard to put that mentality out because we're in the business of stand-up comedy where you get on stage and you want everybody to like you. But guys, I cannot tell you how annoying <laughs> as a competitor too is when you're performing stand-up comedy and and I just see people, like everyone's laughing. I hear loud laughter. I hear people laughing, clapping, looking down. But I just see one or two people and they're just there staring at me (laughs) and in my head i'm like do they not like me but it's just part of the this is they're just part of the group of not everybody will like you and that's part of the not everybody but still it's like is i have this burning desire of wanting everybody to like me i think i get it from maybe it's just from this arab mentality of hospitality and want everyone to enjoy I mean, that's my main goal every time I do a show. It's like I want people to buy tickets to my shows and I want their money to be worth it. I don't want them to feel like they've wasted their money. And that's my biggest, uh, my biggest, uh, what's it called, intentions when I get into stand-up. It's like, or when I perform a show for people. I want them to know that their money has been worth it. Um, um, yeah. Anyways, where was I going? But yeah, the... the what was it? Let me reread it. Or I just threw the book away. Let me grab it. Yeah, just don't take anything personally. I mean, uh, I I'm saying this to myself because I I was for a period I was just really getting in my head about comments. I, but uh, Gary Vayner, I was watching a podcast with Gary V. Gave Gary Vaynerchuk, and he said something that was brilliant about co- negative comments. He was just like. I don't let positive comments get to me. Therefore, I don't. it's easier for me to not let negative comments get to me. Hey, Gary, you're the GOAT. Okay, thank you so much. Dude, Gary, you suck. Okay, thank you for your opinion. Thank you. Move on. But that's it. And it's so nice. I, oh, my God, that's beautiful. And, and, I, and I completely agree because I'll post a video or a stand-up clip or whatever, and then I... I start getting all these. I get I get a lot of comments every day, you know. I'm not. It's not just from TikTok. I also have to. I look at Instagram comments, TikTok comments, YouTube comments. YouTube's mean. <laughs> each each social, each like social media profile, like each comment. I haven't gotten mean comments from Facebook yet. Facebook has been very positive lately, but I know the negativity will come soon. But. It's all like different negativity. YouTube is like YouTube comments are like, it's it's like ten plus. Uh, YouTube has been around since two thousand five, so this is what uh, twenty twenty three fifteen eighteen years of, of bullshit. Eighteen years of like p- 
people ready to say some mean shit to you, you know, like uh, passive aggressive comments. But I'm getting uh, better at responding to some negative comments like this guy on you on my youtube clip i post a stand-up and he goes i hope this guy isn't charging so i just responded with my tour dates <laughs> and he didn't respond back but if he comes to my shows that'd be cool but um yeah he he's what gary was saying it's like yeah dude it's um like don't let it, it's like if you don't let the uh, sorry what I was getting at is I'll post a video, I get all these comments, and I see a majority comments of, this is hilarious. You're so relatable. This is why you're one of, hey, you're one of my favorite TikTokers. Hey, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then all I see is one comment. You suck, or you're not funny, or corny. And I'm like, what? And then it just gets in my head for like the next hour or so. And that's energy that I should be focusing on with other with more important stuff, which is creating more art, emailing bookers to let me be on their fucking comedy club. <laughs> Shout out to Philly. I'm really, guys, Philly, I'm really trying to do shows out there. I really am. But I'm, the stand up comedy industry is very competitive. I'm competing with uh, fucking <laughs> Matt Rife. <laughs> And other hot white dudes and, you know, and other comics have more credits than me. But I'm working on it. Hopefully David Diamond Hands will release. Even if it doesn't do amazing. As long I, I it just, it's nice to know I put something out there and I have like a cool acting reel out of it. Yeah, man. Don't take anything personally. Even when people's, even when you take, uh, you could apply it to anything. Kind of like uh, dating. I think I've mentioned this before uh, in a previous podcast of like, if you just worry about what you can control and let go of the things you can't control, you're just going to be so happy, so much happier. So, and, and don't take anything personally when you get a rejection or I'm and mainly, I'm just projecting it to myself. <laughs> um, what was it? That, that's my favorite line. When you are immune to the opinions and action of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering, right? I'm actually having uh, some assistant. I'm having a sibling like post for me for social media, so I won't have to like, you know, when I'm busy doing other things, I won't have to like, oh, it's twelve o'clock. I gotta post on TikTok. I gotta post on Instagram. I gotta post on YouTube. I gotta post on Snapchat. I gotta post like, I mean, that's the gain now. That's the goal. That's what you have to do to be a comedian. You gotta like post on all platforms to reach a bigger audience. It's it's a double edged sword because on one hand I'm like so grateful for all the things I'm getting. I mean, there are all of people here listening to the podcast know me from the content that I put out. But also, it's a lot of work. I hope I uh, when I become uh, when I become bigger as a comedian. And more financially secure, I won't. I could just hire people to do everything for me. But it's nice to know I'm doing all the work myself. So when I uh, give it to someone, I know what I'm talking about. Anyways, um, all right, back to the email. Uh, all right. By the way, guys, uh, two things. One, uh, if you have uh, a piece of advice you would like to share or a question for me. You could always write it out to mondayfundaypodcast at gmail.com. Again, it is mondayfundaypodcast at gmail.com. And also, shout out to uh, 
Anne, Anna. Uh, she's the one that gave me this idea. You could also leave a voice message to me, and I will listen to the voice message. That's right. I will listen to the voice message, and your voice will be heard on this podcast. Uh, you just go to sneakpipe.com. S- oh, no, sneak. <laughs> Uh, like speakpipe.com. So that is speakpipe.com slash Monday Funday Podcast. S-P-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com slash Monday forward slash Monday Funday pod, uh, Podcast. And uh, you could uh, leave a voicemail, uh, voicemail, voice message, and I listen to it, and then I'll answer it from questions to um, to a, a piece of advice you were given that you would like to share with us. Because this podcast is all about personal growth. Let's go back to the email. All right. So I have one email since I posted in September 13th, since I posted that last podcast. And it's from, oh, well, look at here. Speak of the devil, Muhammad Al-Qadiri, my little brother, who's right now in Yemen. So hopefully he gets to hear this episode. Muhammad, first, I want to say I'm loving the podcast. (laughs) Well, my bad for stopping it for four months. (laughs) Uh, And my question is, what does happiness mean to you and what makes you happy? Oh, oh, Muhammad. My God. 18, 19 year old kid asking me the meaning of happiness. Um, what does happiness mean to you and what makes you happy? To be honest, man, this, like, I'm, I, I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'm like pursuing this, like, I don't know. I think the fact that I'm just like uh, constantly trying to be a better comedian. I'm on this journey of being a better comedian. I'm on this journey of, you know, uh, putting myself out there and having everyone relate to me in a way. And and my favorite part is all different backgrounds. I'm not just being, you know, it's not just one audience. I want everyone to love me. I want everyone to like me from all different backgrounds. So... As long as I'm financially secure, (laughs) and so far I am, we'll see. Um, You never know. We are uh, uh, heading to a recession soon. But as long as I'm financially secure and I have people around me that love me and I love them back and I – and – and like I – and I'm still – and I'm still able to do the things that I want to do, then yeah, I'm happy. Uh, that's, I think that's what makes me happy. Uh, I think that's what does happiness mean to you? Yeah. It's, it, it's such a vague question. Not a vague question. It's such a broad question because there's so many answers to what makes you happy or what does happiness mean to you. Everyone has a different question. Honestly, if you are a listener out there, dude, tune in and leave a voicemail, voice message or an email of like, what makes you happy? I want to know. Comedy makes me happy. Uh, what makes you happy? Does uh, uh, there's some people out there who, you know, just being a family man, just being a good husband, being a good wife, being a great father slash mother. That's that's what makes them happy. It's all about family. It's all about family. <laughs> Vin Diesel's looking up, looking down on us. He's not dead, but you know, Vin Diesel, the spirit of Vin Diesel's looking down at everyone. He goes, it's all about family. Um. I was actually thinking of Vin Diesel the other day, or actually earlier today, because, uh, okay, this is stupid, but hear me out. I was thinking, like, 
Okay, there should be a Pixar movie of uh, like Pixar movies are great because it's all about inan. They put inanimate objects to life, and they all have like feelings and everything, and you know it's a great story behind it. I was saying Toy Story three was my favorite because Toy Story three was about Andy, uh, Andy growing up, not playing with toys anymore, and going to college. But then later, he gives the toys to, to that little girl. It's fucking so sad. It's so cute. But anyways, <laughs> I think Toy Story three, like the trilogy, should have the same Andy plot, but with the pers- instead of the toys perspective, it should have the perspective of just the toilet. <laughs> It's just like a toilet, like uh, like a classic intro of. Hold on, let me sneeze real quick. <sighs> Alhamdulillah. It should just have like a classic, uh, like Pixar intro, like do 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 do. It is like, hey, my name's Flaky. I'm the I'm Andy's toilet. And every time Andy takes a shit in the toilet and flushes, he's like, um, nom, 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 nom. delicious, Andy. <laughs> Andy, Andy's hitting puberty. Andy's jerking off a lot more than me. <laughs> um, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> oh no, Andy is go- has a date right now because Andy has intense diarrhea. Andy has anxiety-induced IBS. <laughs> um, yum, 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 yum. And it's just the toilet. The sink. His best friend is the sink, uh, like the faucet. He's like, hey. <laughs> the faucet comes to life. It's like, hey, Frankie. He's like, hey, Carl. Oh my God, they're just disgusting characters. <laughs> Vin Diesel would be the perfect voice for the faucet. I think Adam Ray would be a perfect voice for the toilet. It's like a great Pixar movie. My, the shower is alive too. The shower is like, hey guys, hey boys. She sees everything. She sees all the affairs of Andy's parents. <laughs> oh man. My name is Forky. Andy, Andy's growing up. <laughs> Anyways, that's stupid. That's such a stupid premise, but that's what reminds me of Vin Diesel. Um. Anyways, back to what makes me happy. <laughs> I think that's what makes me happy. You know, being creative, silly ideas. Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to be like the end goal is to just build a name for myself to where I could go to any comedy club and sell out and make a good amount of money from it. Like uh. There's certain comedians right now I'm thinking of, and I'm like, I would like their careers. Like Sam Morell, uh, Mark Norman, Andrew Santino. Like those, uh, uh, those are certain comedians. Like, not, I, I look up to them a lot. Oh, Fahim Anwar for sure. I look up to them a lot, but it's like, I would like their career, you know, being passed at, a, at the comedy store or comedy cellar, being respected by fellow com- comedy peers. Uh, 
making really good money. Yo, dude, guys, to be honest, I know there's not a lot of people listening to this, so I could go ahead and say that. Dude, you can make a fuck ton of money when you build a big name for yourself and you're headlining a a comedy a comedy clubs. Like, so there's like comedy clubs. There's like A level, B level, C level stuff like that. So if you're doing like A level comedy clubs and you're selling out a full weekend, dude, you can make like twenty thousand, forty thousand dollars in a week. In a weekend, not even a week, a weekend. That's the goal I'm trying to hit, you know? You know how much, oh my God, 40K in one weekend? Obviously, I got to pay taxes and all that shit, but still, oh my God. It's a good amount of money. It's a good amount of money. Uh, but obviously, you have to get to like that. Obviously, there's a lot of, uh, uh, what's it called, varial variables to it but like you have to like obviously work your ass off i mean sam morell mark norman andrew all of them they've been doing comedy for like at least 17 to 20 years plus i've been doing comedy for like six years and i'm just getting started and i'm very proud of myself from where i'm at uh actually last monday i was doing a show at ponchos in manhattan beach and uh, I felt a little bit of imposter syndrome. Not 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 imposter syndrome. More just very nervous. The fact that I had I, okay, the the three comedians before me were all like professional, very funny comedians. No four. It was uh, it was a uh, Kevin. Um, Wow, why am I blanking out his name? But he's been doing comedy for a long time. I forgot. And then this name, uh, Cody Simpson, and then uh, Mo Mandel. Mo Mandel, I didn't say, I didn't talk to him because I was, I did, I barely know the guy. But I remember Mo Mandel doing comedy at UTD when I was a fucking freshman slash sophomore, probably there. I was at the pub. Shout out to UTD, but there was a place called The Pub. Very small little bar area. Um, you get food and stuff. And they sell some beer if you're over 21. But Mo Mandel was doing comedy out there. And that's where I did. And they had an open mic there. And that's when I did stand-up for the first time when I was 18. And I bombed so hard. <laughs> I was so nervous. So, so fucking nervous. Wow. So nervous. And then I stopped. And I didn't get back into comedy like fully till I was like 21, 22 when I graduated from college. But yeah, I was so nervous. No one understood what the fuck I was saying. I don't know what I was talking about. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just a kid from a Muslim community. Went to a private little school. I didn't know anything about stand-up. I just thought you get up there and you just be funny like an idiot. Anyways, Mo Mandel, I remember seeing him doing He was, you know, doing a spot there. And then I see him, and I'm like, wait, I'm on the same fucking lineup as this guy now? I'm doing the same show as him? But anyways, Mo Mandel on there. And then, after him, I had to follow, and I was following him, Jeff Dye, who's fucking hilarious. If you haven't seen him, Jeff Dye, he's been blowing up all over social media. And he's like, uh, he's like a very handsome 6'4 white dude. And he's so nice. You know what I mean? Sometimes when you you ever get that feeling when you meet a good-looking girl or a boy uh, or good-looking person, like, incredibly good-looking, and you're just like, fuck, why are you nice? <laughs> I, I once said that to Jennings. <laughs> Jennings, wow. He's not only incredibly handsome and a hard-working fellow, he's also so nice. And I'm like, dude, it's so cool because, like, you don't have to be this nice. <laughs> 
Oh my god. If I was that handsome, I'd be like, fuck you, dude. Oh, look at me. I'm gorgeous. <laughs> Just stare at my face. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, but he, like, Jeff was like super funny and he was crushing. Like, now I'm at this level in comedy where I'm like, like, I'll be doing some shows and I'm the other people on the lineup are like, you know, earlier, newer comedians. So obviously I look like I'm like the best over there. But then also, like, the next night, I'll be doing stand-up, following fucking Mo Mandel, Jeff Dye, Cody Simpson, all these professional, you know, veteran comedians, and I have to get up there. And I was looking at the tape. I did well. Uh, but I will say the first, like, two minutes, uh, first, not two minutes, first, like, minute, I, I, I was nervous. And that's happened to me a good amount of times where I need to just do my, uh, what was it? What, what do they call it? It starts with an M. Whatever, but basically it's like you, uh, yeah, the ritual. I think that's the that's the word for it. But it's like you do your your pre-show ritual, which is like before you get on stage. I tell myself, I take a deep breath, relax. You know, you, they're here for you. You're here for them. Take a deep breath. You belong here, and you get up and you you relax. But I wasn't. I didn't do that. Instead, all I was thinking of, man, these guys are hilarious. Man, I have to go up next. Fuck. And I get up and I'm like, what jokes am I gonna do? Oh well, they did a joke about this. Whatever. And I get up and the first like 30 seconds to a minute, I was like kind of nervous. You could tell I was nervous. But then finally, I got that like pop, that big laugh. Shout out to my classic, I know I look Indian, but I'm actually Arab. I look like 7-Eleven type brown, but I'm actually 9-11 brown and then that rest of the joke. Like, that usually gets a good laugh. And then right when I get that loud laugh, you, like, I, you, I, my shoulders just drop. You could, you could see me on stage. I feel more relaxed. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting laughs, but they like me. It's okay. I don't know. It didn't help that the host got up before I got on stage. He goes, he's doing his Poncho's debut because Poncho's is like this show in Manhattan Beach that's been going on for 10 plus years. So that's where all the bigger comedians go to work out their material. I did, I will be, I will be proud of myself for trying out new jokes on that stage. But I did go back to jokes that I knew was going to kill. Because <laughs> I was like, damn, like these are like some really fucking good comedians but uh yeah um uh, again uh, where was i going with this that doesn't matter that's what podcast is all about um uh i want to share uh with you guys my 2023 goals <sighs> all right so i want to share with you guys my 2023 goals uh first one the, the theme of these goals, I, it was all things I can control, things, things that I can do. Uh, last year for 2022, uh, I had four goals. It was get late night with Jimmy Fallon and hit a million TikTok followers. I did not hit those goals. Uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon's hard to get, and um, it's hard to hit a million followers with your shirt on, but... I will say, like, me trying to pursue those goals led me to other opportunities, and I'm very grateful. But the other two goals that I did accomplish were doing yoga every week or twice a week and uh, going to therapy. Oh, my God, that changed my life. Go, seeing it, guys, if, especially men, if you're a man, 
listening to this, dude, go see a therapist. And I know, I know therapy is not for everybody, but at least go like, and don't do better help. Not that bullshit. Like see a, like a legit therapist. Ask around. Um, yeah, seeing therapy, like seeing a therapist every week that really changed a lot for me, helped me a lot, helped process my dad's death. It helped process other uh, things that I have that personal things, personal struggles, um, that, that I wanted to, uh, to, you know, fix or work on. So yeah, see a therapist. But anyways, those were the two that I kept and I uh, accomplished those two goals. But anyways, so now for 2023, these goals that I have, one of them, uh, number one was to release a podcast every week. I wanted to bring back this podcast. Why? I asked uh, for everyone out there listening, write a, write a, write a 2023 goal and then write why after each one. So why is because I got so much benefit. I got so much out of recording this podcast. It was able, it was able for me to connect with my audience. It was able to let my audience know me in a, in a, in a way where it's not just jokes. It's not, it's not, I'm doing jokes, but I'm also like, you get to know me for who I really am. So it's a great way for y'all to connect, for me to connect with my audience and also for, for me to get to know my audience better. You know, I love it when my audience DM, when y'all DM me or shoot me an email or send me a voice. Uh, now you could send me a voice message. I want to know more about you. Um, and also it connected me with so many cool com- other fellow comedians uh, the guests I have, I have, I'm gonna have some badass guests uh, for these up up and coming weeks. So I want to connect to other comedians that I l- admire, but also other, uh, but also you, uh, the you people, the breadcrumbs. I want to connect to y'all more and uh, and to control my narrative. And then my second goal f- uh, for 2023 is to finish writing my one man show. Now, uh, a long-term goal is to pitch to Netflix or a production company to where we could just shoot it and put it on YouTube. But I want to do a two-part where I do one, which is my classic hour of stand-up, which is all the fun and jokes that you guys know and love. And then the other is to po- uh, to do a one-man show, which is pretty much what Mike Birbiglia or Hassan Minhaj, that what they do. It's not it's not really like your classic stand-up set-up punchline, set-up punchline. It's all a series of like stories and connection and and uh, and exploring. And it's it's more artsy fartsy to be honest. But uh, the theme of my one-man show that I want to work on it's called Ibn but I want to it's a pretty much it's a love letter to my dad but it's also the theme of it is manhood what is a man because nowadays there's just so much bullshit on the internet of, of it's and it's only just men it's all and, and I and, and to be honest yeah it, it's men talking about it because uh, that's all everyone's talking about now it's just what is a man uh, men aren't men anymore Men are more like women. Men are demasculated. Toxic masculinity. Men are men. It's like, dude, it's so, it's just all these fucking voices in your head. And it's like, I don't know. I, to me, my idea of manhood has always just been being true to who you are. And it's not even about gender. It's just about being a fucking good person, you know? 
And then everyone's oh, it's the same fucking argument all the time. You know, men and women have different roles in society. It's like, dude, just, just shut up, everybody. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like, can we just get back to telling jokes, please? Get back to good memes, please. That's all. <laughs> women need to do that. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, it's all because of, uh, what's his name? Andrew Tate. Fucking, uh, it's not even that. I don't even think he cares. If I, if I met him in person, I'm sure he, I feel like, dude, you know, you're just making all this money from all this. You loved all the attention you're getting. So you're saying all these things, right? And then he's be like, well, yes, I know that, that. I don't know what, how does, how do he sounds, but yeah, I don't know. But that's, that's what I want to work on for my one man show. I want to, it's a love letter, letter tribute to my father, but it's also like, it's not just jokes. It's a, it's a performance. It's an hour performance of y'all, of, you know, people knowing who I am, you know, uh, I need to finish writing it. I have like, it's like, uh, what's the best way to explain how much I have done it's like think of a, a painting that only has like a couple smudges on the canvas that's pretty much my one man show it's just a bunch of random like stories about baba or stories about my childhood or stories about um um about uh my life that involves manhood or that involves my dad you know or the relationship between me and my dad. So I want to finish writing my one-man show. And last but not least, and I can't wait to start on this one, uh, is my merch to just expand on my T-shirt designs, my fashionably poor T-shirt designs. I have a couple uh, ideas that I want to do. My main uh, audience for fashionably poor will be college students and, you know, people who just want, you know, fashionably poor. It's a fun name. I like it makes me happy that makes me happy being creative doing things that i want to try it's a business business venture i'm just trying to uh uh like i'm trying to have multiple income streams um so if i like expand on the merch stuff trying to make some money out of that in the meantime trying to make money from like other venues that i do uh then i'll be financially secure and you know being rich doesn't make you happy, but being financially secure makes you happy. Does that make sense? I think I speak for a lot of people here. It's like they don't, no one wants to be like incredibly rich unless you're like, you know, a Gary Vaynerchuk fan or like a, you know, big, those people who just, who are big Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos fans, like that's their biggest like heroes. <laughs> They're just people who just want to be super rich. I know Elon Musk makes a really good car and he's trying to change like I know they're trying to change the world which they kind of did Jeff Bezos and Elon yeah but also they do have this like uh, need to just keep making more money and fuck over the little people which is why I like Gaynor, Gary Vaynerchuk because it's like he his thing is like you can be rich and not or successful by being kind to everyone you know everybody wins and that's what i like about them um so those are the three goals also for the merch why because it's a it's a project that does involve comedy it's just a fun little thing i want to try um so hopefully i hopefully it works out um you never know <laughs>
they're all they're all goals I have control over, and it's not it's not something I could uh, it's not something that uh, that's impossible to do. It's pretty feasible goals, you know. Obviously, remain consistent with content. Try to post funny stuff. Try to create, write jokes, get on stage, get back home, write better jokes. Yeah. I'm happy, guys. And I'm happy I'm bringing this back. Happy for all the messages of people telling me to bring back this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I was uh, working on some personal stuff. But as well as, like, I was getting busy with other things. But um, I'm happy this is back. I really am. And I'm going to try to remain consistent with posting every week. Um, yeah. And again, if you guys have any questions, what's the best of piece what's the best piece of advice you were given? Who told it to you? Where were you in your life when you were given that piece of advice? It doesn't have to be the best piece of advice, just a piece of advice. Um one last note I want to mention was uh I I I podcasting is a better way to talk and connect with the audience. I, I not better. It's a good way to connect rather than live going TikTok live. Um because going live is a great way to connect with everybody and sell tickets on the spot. I mean, I went live yesterday and I was able to sell a couple tickets for my Denver show as well as my Irvine improv show. But uh, it's annoying when uh, haters get on. Because before that, the last two times I went live on TikTok, everything's going great. The vibe's going well. Next thing you know, this random Arab guy is saying homophobic stuff. And you're like, dude, no please stop, please stop. And next, and then I get on and I'm like defending, um, I'm defending the LGBT community. <laughs> That's funny. I came out as an ally. <laughs> oh man. And they're just like, why are you talking about this? And I'm like, dude, you know, you, your, your profile picture is, uh, it's like what? It's like a fucking, it's, it's, it's blank. I don't even know who you look like. I don't even know who you are. If, if anything, you're just some random person who doesn't even care about the things you're yelling about. You're just trying to get attention from me. And then anyways, they're arguing. Next thing you know, TikTok, community guidelines just, uh, you know, uh, suspends my me from going live. For a little bit and you're like i hate the community guidelines for tiktok holy shit it's like it pisses me off dude like they will they will like uh they will uh ban a video that i post or like saying it like they'll give me a violation code and then i would appeal it right and then they would bring put the video back up because they're like oh we you're fine it's not offensive or anything or you know harming anybody whatever the fuck the community guidelines is and then and then next thing you know i'll get a message saying like hey uh you're on like you know you're on the you know you're on like thin ice buddy pretty much that's what they're saying they're saying like you know you have multiple community violations but i'm like looking i'm like no these are all videos i appealed and they're back on the internet and it's like makes no sense i mean if, if, if I were, if TikTok were to ban me, I'll just create, honestly, I'll just create a new TikTok account. Call it Ahmed Loves, Really Loves Bread. <laughs> or Ahmed Loves Bread too, And just fucking uh, post 
all my stand-up. Well, just post all the hits or whatever. But, uh, yeah. I'm trying to remain consistent with all the videos and stuff. I'm actually uh, going to head over to my friend Ben Brainerd's house. Shout out to him. Going over to his place. Uh, he usually has like a small little group to like write jokes, write sketches and jokes together. So I'm excited to catch up with him. He's been doing well. It's crazy because 2020, 2021, I met, or 2021, it, I met Ben, Lonnie, Jennings, and Ben, Lonnie, and Jennings just moved to LA, and they're all doing so great. I'm very proud of them. I went over to Lonnie's place, and I love, Lonnie is like one of my friends where every time I talk to him, um, I leave the conversation just so motivated and energized because he's, uh, He's, he's, he's a really smart guy. Like, Lonnie is one of those people where it's like, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to become successful. Not only, like, successful, but also, like, he will not forget about you. He's very kind, and he remembers he, – he's like a – I think he's just going to be a very successful businessman. I, he, I just see him. He's one of the – he's just one of those people. Like a – like a – what's a good one? Like a Casey Neistat type of dude, you know, successful – rich but also kind and nice but then again if i'm not if i do say so myself i'm gonna spill some tea i have a friend who worked with casey nice and and uh he was kind of a dick to him he was very like uh you know flexing on his private jet and thinking he's like the coolest or whatever but uh all i know and i've heard from the grapevine because you hear a lot of rumors here in LA but I've and I'm this doesn't surprise me apparently Jake Paul and Logan Paul are fucking assholes like in person and that does not surprise me whatsoever <laughs> you know what I mean you hear a rumor about a person you're like yeah they totally look like that they look like the type of guys that would do such a thing um well this was a great podcast I'm gonna wrap it up um again uh Follow me on Instagram on Mad Loves Bread. Uh, shoot me an email on Monday Funday Podcast at gmail.com. Leave a voice mess uh, voice message at again speakpipe.com Monday forward slash Monday Funday Podcast. Again, that is speakpipe s p e a k p i p e dot com forward slash Monday Funday Podcast. Uh, subscribe like um leave a message follow me on all the socials dm me if i'm in your town come to a show you could see it on my link tree or on my website i love you guys so much i'm so happy that i'm back on this podcast game podcast grind it's gonna be audio only until i have enough money to make a video make do video unless i have like a very special guest and i'll do i'll do video probably like hire a production team or something or go to a studio anyways i love you guys so much thank you guys and happy monday mm -hmm.